Welcome to opinion. Oh, uh, sorry. Hold on. <laughs> the pop tart got to my brain. Let me start again. Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people who make with the golf sticks. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Sunset Boulevard. Yes, Sunset Boulevard. 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 How do you abbreviate Boulevard? Boulevard. Exactly. <laughs> Take out every vowel. Oh, what's happening? What is this? Cody, you talk a lot about these... About these wild berry pop tarts. Okay, you I'm have not, one. I see. I have it. The thing is, hold on. Here's what I want you to do. Look at the box. Look at the box. See how beautiful that looks. It looks like the. Now <laughs> look at what you're holding. Okay, hold on. It now. looks so much worse. I've never seen a wild. Berry I remember pop-tart. this being a raised look. That oh yeah, no swizzle when Me we were too. Me too. But it's, also, it's so bad. It's part of it. It's like cut into. It looks like six year old me drew a picture of a wild berry pop tart, and that's what you're eating. It does not look right. It looks sickly. How is it, Cody? I'm gonna. No, can you can you do me a favor? It's gonna be hard to do. Can you break me a piece? <laughs> I mean, I got a. All right, yeah. I'm just gonna. Oh, that was that was easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So, Cody, what flavor did I just have you try? Peach cobbler. <laughs> yeah. Now I want it sounded you, stupid. <laughs> I want you to eat this pop tart. And look me in the eye and seriously tell me this is better than that peach cobbler one. It's better. <laughs> How dare this, this tastes like a bad, great pop tart. The color scheme is perfect. I'll say that much. <laughs> the color scheme. The color scheme, which looks like a McDonald's cup from the 90s. It's like what I wish grapes tasted like. <laughs> That's what this tastes like. Some might say it's everything but grapes. It's strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries. Mm-hmm. I don't like blueberry poppers very much. It elevates the blueberry. I don't like blueberry. It's all, okay. I don't know. It just tastes like the 90s. The same way the Mountain Dew Code Red just tastes like the 90s. Okay. Let, oh, okay. I'm going to scan through the... The ingredients here, I'm going to tell you all the fruit I find. On the box, you see a strawberry, you see a raspberry, you see a blueberry. Mm-hmm. Now we'll go to the ingredients. All right, let me go let me scan through these real quick. We got pears, apples, strawberries, natural wild berry flavor. Yes, I love it. Um, natural wild berry flavor and that's it so this is a pear apple what was the other one strawberry (laughs) if they're growing them and harvesting their flavors doesn't that make them not wild berries it's kind of like when people buy wildflower seeds i think it's more about their attitude Look, you look at those colors on the box. You're telling me they aren't wild? They are. I, w- I I'm going to be honest. I was worried that it was not going to taste as good as I remembered. It does not I, taste No, as- it lived exactly up to the hype. 
they taste bad. It tastes like they've gone bad. You know? I just feel bad for your childhood now. I liked it when I was a kid, but I preferred like strawberry pocket. Can I tell you? You know, you saw this. I got on accident. I pretended like it was on purpose. On accident, though, I got the unfrosted Pop-Tarts back in the day. Yeah. Those are the best Pop-Tarts ever. I mean, I do like Pop-Tart crust. I think as a kid, you like all crust is gross, so I hate the Pop-Tart crust. I always liked it, but I think I see how it could be good. It's like they put just, more filling. The and better idea filling. of it just makes me sad. But in practice, maybe I will be wrong. They look sad. Also, I got cherry off-brand, name-brand Pop-Tarts. Did a taste test, me and my wife. I mean, the, the store brand is better. It's always better. They taste better, but the Pop-Tarts look better. Yeah. But the store brand tastes better. Welcome to the Pop-Tart Havers. <laughs> Uh, here's what I'm getting from this. You don't have that much to say about this movie. <laughs> I got so much. You to wanted say. some filler. I got so <laughs> much to say about this movie. Cody, you don't understand how excited I've been about these Pop-Tarts I, that I bought on like Monday. <laughs> so excited about these Pop-Tarts. Okay. Yeah, have you, I mean, I don't want to move off Pop-Tarts until you're good and ready. I'm ready. You know, it's fine. Tyler, do you want to sum up for us what Sunset Boulevard is about? I, I absolutely do, Cody. Sunset Boulevard is the story of uh, uh, it's a struggling writer. It meets, you know, a struggling writer meets a fading star. You know, and there's some there's some romance, there's some manipulation, there's some possible murder. And there's some love. And there's some accents. Yeah. And it's one of those movies that uh, a lot of other movies. It's like. One of the or, you know, origin movies where it originated a lot of tropes going yeah. forward. Mm hmm. You know, <clears> hey, <throat> okay. the main one being the guy that's like dead in the pool and he's like, well. That's me. OK, let's go back. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, about that. Tell me, does he say that's me at the beginning? Or is he just like, oh, this poor sucker died. But then it's him. Because I've heard that's a big part of like what makes the movie compelling. But I didn't connect the two <laughs> right away. So I feel oh, like you I didn't. Missed, I missed an element of, like halfway through. I realized like, oh, that has to have been him. But also, I don't know that. <laughs> still. Yeah, I think it's a big I He must because that's like the whole storytelling is like, we'll start at the end. I'm dead. Let me tell you how we get there. Right. But Six I, months I seem back. to remember at the beginning, he's like, oh, this poor sucker died or whatever. And then he starts kind of telling his story of yeah. what he's up to. But it didn't seem like the narrator knew that was him that had died. You know, you I know just, what I'm saying? Yeah. I was. I just wanted to know when Gaius Baltar showed up. Because we have all know we all know the, of the, the American dad version. Of this movie. Mm -hmm. All right, let me take you. Steve from American Dad. He's a writer. He's doing stuff. Guys, Baltar is going to play him in a movie. Then they shoot guys, Baltar, and leave him in a pool filled with jello. And it's this movie. Oh, but with jello pool. Yeah, but with a jello pool. And well, that's it's not fun. the main, it's not the same guy in the pool did. 
I mean, I like the addition of a jello pool. Yeah. So maybe it's better. Some might say that there's an alien that does the murdering. Oh, that great alien guy. Yeah. I've not seen one episode of American Dad. It's like Family Guy, but a little bit better or a little bit worse. Kind of depends. So how'd the movie go for you? I, I I liked it more than I thought. Tiffany loved it. She was all about it. Yeah. She wants to be what's her face. Norm. And I said, that's going to be you when you're older. Norm Desmond. Yeah. Or Gloria Swanson, who's yeah. the actress. Playing Norma Desmond. Here's yeah. the thing. I did like the movie. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. Because you wanted to be a real snob about it and be like yeah. best movie ever. i wanted it that's what i wanted i wanted to i was I, I bought a new saddle i got my new boots with my stirrups and i want it in my chaps and i was ready to get on my high horse and instead my saddle is a hanging in the barn you know and i was i did not mount the high horse i got on my miniature horse i mounted just my smaller horse i did like it <laughs> that's what i'm saying but I didn't like blow my mind. But I could definitely see, like you said, so much of what this movie is has influenced culture since then. And this was 70 years ago. So, yeah, I could picture if I grew up in the 30s and 40s seeing this movie and be like, wow, that blew my mind. I want to get into film, you know? Yeah. And instead, I see it 70 years later. I'm like, oh, I bet that was at a big impact. And I can see where... A lot of culture is borrowed from it. Yeah. And, you know, just taking shape because of it. Here's my question. When was it set? 1950. Was it, was it, it came out in 50. Because they. I think it was set like in modern day. I don't think it was supposed to be a, a back or forward at all. Okay. My understanding. My, the, my reason for the question was their punch. Somebody said, I found the recipe for the punch. It's grape juice. And then you, and they described it the way that like. Doctors would sell cough medicine and be like during prohibition and be like, do not do this, 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 this and this. And basically give instructions of how to turn it into oh, wine. So you thought it might have been probation era. Yeah, prohibition. Yeah. Prohibition era. Yeah. Oh. And because they were like, yeah, you take the grape juice and you melt the cough drops in it and do all that. And I'm like, that sounds like prohibition alcohol. Yeah. Where they're like, don't put yeah. these cough drops in grape juice and let sit in the fridge for six months don't do it <laughs> and you're like got it <laughs> i love those old packages which is instructions of how to make alcohol uh yeah no i, I think it was set because that seemed like the right time ish you know yeah she had her car that was like obviously like a 20s 30s era car it was 1929 because when i was 29. trying to chase down the time period that's why i think you're right and that car was an old it was a relic because they were going to use it for a different movie that they were yeah. shooting so I do think it was set late forties, not gets ten gallons to the mile. <laughs> oh yeah. So, all right. So that's how I felt. That's how you felt. Is there anything else you need to say before we really get into the the details? Did you watch it with uh, Bailey? Yeah. What she think? I think she enjoyed it. I think she enjoyed like the mystery or suspense kind of of it. Of like, oh, how's this gonna go? I think she really enjoyed the kiss that happens because that's always her favorite part. Mm-hmm. We did rewind it to watch The Kiss a second time. I'm oh. ashamed to say. You and should be ashamed. She liked it. I mean, she also, I don't think, loved it, but she did enjoy it. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Okay. 
And then let's, let's get into it. Hop in the jalopy, Cody. <laughs> let's boogie on down Sunset Boulevard. You know, the classic song. Boogie on down to Sunset Boulevard? Yeah. How does that one go? I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's your job. It's copyrighted. We probably yeah, can't. shouldn't sing it. All right. Yeah. We'll get flagged on <clears throat> Mastodon. So here's, here's the thing. This movie starts out. And like any good thriller, suspenseful kind of movie in this era, the score is doing way too much at the start. That was my very first note. Franz Waxman, who is the composer, needs to take it easy. Like I was getting anxiety where I like nothing had even happened in the movie yet. I'm like, I can't do it. You gotta you gotta slow down. Yeah. I'm about to have a panic attack on my couch. But what do you think that's why Eraserhead had no score? Remember what it started and we thought your speakers weren't working? Well, no, no, no. Are you thinking Elephant Man? No, no. Eraserhead we saw in theaters. Oh, yeah. And we we were like, but we were both confused of. Right. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, Oh, I did not expect that. They're going to turn off. All right, here we go. Yeah, it's off. I don't know. Did it? Did you pay attention to that music? Did it throw you off? Like, I know the purpose of it was to be suspenseful, but it was like trying too hard and it was all that was happening in my Co- brain. You know, I think if you just had the right setup, Cody, like a real fully decked out home theater system with uh, like a Dolby Atmos equipped. I mean, if you don't have Atmos, can audio. you even appreciate the cinema sounds of the 50s? Never. You know, you're saying I got to upgrade. I'm saying you got to upgrade. I'm saying I got to get this thing. I got to get a reel of this on film. Mm-hmm. You know, really go all the way back. Yeah, I got to hire a dude to play the organ. and Give me a soundtrack to the movie. Exactly. I, what, whatever happened to those guys? I saw a guy do that. If you go to Catalina Island, they're they're big like entertainment building called the casino. And they have a dude who still like plays the organ along with the movie he can do it what what's he doing he's probably dead now that was 15 years ago he's out playing the catalina wine mixer every year (laughs) all right yeah (laughs) well so that it does start and it shows the dude floating in the pool it's an amazing shot because they have the, the camera is like in the pool with him. You're looking up at the body and then you can see the cops behind him, like taking pictures and fishing out the body. Oh, yeah. which is really cool. Fun fact about that shot. You can't shoot with an underwater camera and see outside of the water. So they so they had to figure out like a rig to get it to work. They did a bunch of testing. Finally, they figured out, oh, we can have a water tank, put a mirror under the water tank and shoot the camera at the mirror. And the mirror can reflect everything and the camera can capture it. So that's how they had to get that shot. Nice. Really cool. They talk about the murder. They call it a homicide, which just instead of a homicide, I feel like homicide should be reserved for like a gay serial killer. You know, <laughs> there's been a homicide. Well, they also call it a gay rush, which I picked <laughs> no, up on. I, I wrote that note. It made me so like, I wrote gay rush. I love her. She's amazing. <laughs> Put it in the garage. Like, yes. Tiffany said something about, um, oh, I made a joke about when Max and uh, 
what's his face john is it john is that max and what's his face we're having a tense moment and i did my classic you know what i said i said say it with me and then they start making out <laughs> tiffany's like what do you mean i was like well they did call it the gay raj so they're there it together you it's got, dark you got your gay wiggles and you got to get them out you go to the gay raj it's <laughs> like oh my gosh oh it's good it's a good time here's the other thing about this movie it is all shop talk and pop culture references <laughs> it's just movie people talking about movie stuff and they're like i don't care if the audience doesn't want to hear us talk about the politics and like technical aspects of making a movie picture we're doing it and i did greatly respect it for that and it's just another one of those cases where it's like oh hollywood made a movie about hollywood and hollywood is horny for it (laughs) they're like all about it though what did they even here's my question i've been thinking about this yeah. Did Hail Caesar get good reviews? Um, it was one of the I think it was like a moderate audience score, but like and a moderate. I think it was like moderate on both. I don't think it was super high, but not super low. Let me check. Okay. Because I know it's like Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. That's why like La La Land did really well. Yeah. That's why um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does did really well. Right. And I'm like, is Hail Caesar the only one that didn't? So really well. tomato meter is 85% for Hail Caesar. Audience score is 44. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, I thought but they thought they That's an interesting it. one because it's very much the Coen brothers, it's like every second or third movie of theirs is like widespread people love it, like broad audience. Yeah. But then the other ones are like very niche, where it's like, no, you have to be a Coen Brothers fan or you might not really appreciate this movie. I had somebody, maybe it was you, Cody, describe the code. They were going through Coen Brothers movies and they were like, no, no, it was a different podcast I was listening to. And they were like, Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, except for this one. And they mentioned one. What's the soup? What's one of the real popular movies? Um, Oh, Brother Warthow? Big Lebowski? Big Lebowski. They were like, with the exception of like Big Lebowski, they're all real dark and dreary or something like that. They have like a super dark, gritty sense of humor. And I was like, really? This hotel, the Buda, Grand Budapest Hotel, really dark and... No, that's different. That's uh, Anderson. Oh, that's Anderson. Sorry. That's Peter Anderson. But I was like... But I wouldn't agree with that either, just because they yeah. have already movies, they have family movies. Sometimes they're humorous morbid, but sometimes it's just silly. Yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't was say they're the all ones. dark. I'd say they have some I, that are kind of dark comedies, but a why lot did of I aren't. randomly put? Because I was going through a bunch of the other movies, and then why did I randomly think that was a Coen Brothers movie? I mean, I would say they're, the they're like cousins with Paul W. Yeah. Anderson. Or wait, all right, all right. Paul W. S. Anderson is the Mortal Kombat guy, right? Or is that the Resident Evil guy? And there's Paul Anderson, and there's P. Paul Thomas Anderson. Wes Anderson, got it. Okay. Wes Anderson. We're talking about Wes Anderson. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guild, here's the thing about the Screen Actors Guild. They're not doing their job. There are too many Anderson directors. They need to get one of them to change the name. Andreasen. Well, you Anderson. know. Anderson. Change it up. You know W.S. Anderson is getting all kinds of jobs, people thinking that he is. <laughs> yeah he's a good one like what's his name in 30 rock they've got like a a crazy libertarian candidate he's backing because of one specific issue his name is steve austin he's like no no i want to keep my name 
because sometimes I'm I, blind people won't know that I'm not the famous wrestler and I want to get those votes. <laughs> like, okay, there you go. And if you're a blind, I am the wrestler Steve Austin. <laughs> like, okay, great. Oh man. So yeah, it's all shop talk. It's Hollywood horny. It's a great. I, I mean, I appreciate it, but I can imagine someone who like doesn't care about like the inside Hollywood stuff being like, why are we watching this? This is not. I mean, I I admire when a movie is not afraid to take those swings. It's like, no, I like it. I don't care if you like it. When when I looked up this movie, because you were like, oh, we we did the thing. We we divine the film and mm-hmm. it said Sunset Boulevard. And you were like, what movie? And I was like, this is not a good start. Because like <laughs> I think about like if any movie came up on my list for the Tyler's Trash. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's this. I'm like, oh, sweet. And then the first one came up on yours. You're like, what is that? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. We went deep. We went deep into my watch list of movies where I'm like, oh, that's one I should watch. Or, oh, that sounds interesting. Of like, I mean, because I've read through probably like 20 different Oh, best hundred movies of all time or best 50 screenplays or best movies of the century. And that's where my like IMDb watch list comes from. And that's like most of those movies. So <laughs> like how like 20% of the movies on that list I've seen and I adore them. And they're some of my favorites. And then the rest are ones where it's like, I got to watch one of these one day, <laughs> but they're all supposed to be very good. Yeah. So deal with it. But I, I looked no, it up. You deal with it. <laughs> Cause I was expecting, I don't know why this movie, Oh, movie came into my head, but I was expecting something like, like a Coen Brothers movie, mm-hmm. like or like, uh, I don't know, just something like that. You a know, David Lynch or a Coen Brothers or a <laughs> and then Wes Anderson. Or I like, I like pull it up and I'm like, it's not this one. It's a 1950, and I was reading it and I was like, it's definitely this one. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh no. So how did you watch? How did you watch this movie, Cody? How did I watch it? Yeah. Paramount Plus. OK, I was wondering if you because I thought you said like something other than Paramount Plus when you were like, I think it's on this. And I no, like, no. I said Paramount because it's Paramount. It's on Paramount Plus because it's Paramount movie. Paramount and even movie. when they made it, too, they were like, oh, do you want to use like a different studio name? Paramount's like, I don't even care. Just do it. We're Paramount. And you're making a movie about Paramount making a movie about Paramount. So you do it. And then yeah. it was like great press for Paramount. And here we are 70 years later. It's on their app. <laughs> 70 <laughs> years ago. Some executive of Paramount was like, one day we're going to have an app. We need some content for it. And if we just slather our name all over this movie, it'll be ours forever. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Paramount having the same logo for over 70 years. Mm-hmm. Not even Coca-Cola has that much cojones, Cody. <laughs> they changed it a little bit. Cojones. Yeah. You know, Pepsi, they're all over the place. You can't mm-hmm. trust Pepsi. That's, That's what I've learned. All right. Yeah. You can trust Paramount because they got the same logo. Uh huh. They got bought or bought Viacom. Same logo. Yeah. CBS got absorbed. Same logo. Oh, yeah. They're like, you guys can all stuff it. Paramount's the best. (laughs) Oh, squinting. I don't know. I can't read. Tell me about it. All right. So the plot of the movie is the writer, his name's probably Jack or something. Yeah, he, uh, he's in, he's, you know, he's a writer. It's he's, Joe. He's, his name's Joe, obviously. And he's writing movies and they all, he's in a slump. None of his movies are that great. He's not super hot writer and uh, he's doing it. 
He's in trouble. He owes money on his car. He's about to get repoed. He's trying to dodge the dudes. He's trying to sell scripts. He tries to hide his car at this old abandoned house. It is not abandoned. Norma Desmond lives there. Yeah. He's a very creepy butler. And uh, Max. His name is Max. He's the best. Max is like, if Max didn't exist, this Joe would not be dead. You know? That's, That's true. where I'm at. So Joe hooks up with Norma Desmond. He goes in just to be like, hey, why did he go in there? He hit uh, his car. Because she was like, oh, she was expecting something. Finally, you're here. And, yeah. And she Max was ex- is like, get in here or she I was ex- will eat your Expecting a, mon- a monkey coffin man to come and make a monkey coffin for her dead monkey. By the way, I was not buying that monkey was real. Okay. That it was a fake monkey. That monkey needs to go in some kind of haunted house. It go needs to be in a list with the thing from Eraserhead. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what it needs to be. Just like old timey movie nightmare fuel. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when that thing got real big in Eraserhead? It was gigantic for like a second. Yeah. I nearly peed myself. <laughs> that happened so suddenly. Yeah. Anyway, about this movie, the monkey was creepy looking, and that dude showed up, and they were being real creepy about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the monkey funeral, someone asked the director about it, and like, how are we gonna do? How are we gonna shoot this? He's like, just shoot it like a you know, like a normal monkey funeral thing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Just shoot it like he's a normal very self aware. I appreciate that. He's a cool dude. This guy wrote some. He had some really great credits. Billy Wilder is the director. Um, he has some really good credits. I wrote them down just for you, just so you oh. can have them and see them. Uh, the apartment, some like it hot, Sabrina, some classics from the 50s, so uh, and a lot of ones that have won Academy Awards. So he's done some comedies, he's uh, he knows what it's about, he mm. knows what it's like. Oh, yeah, I like that about him. Oh man, I just don't even. Oh, Norma Desmond. Has an incredible home. It's funny because when you go to the house, it is like half abandoned, but it's this amazing Hollywood mansion. It belonged to the Getty family, actually. Oh. Uh, of, you know, PJ Getty. We all know him. Uh, PJ? Not PJ. John Paul. JP Getty. JP Getty from the movie. You know that movie with Mark Wahlberg? And uh, the old guy. And his son gets ransomed. And it was the one that has Kevin Spacey in it, but then... Kevin Spacey was a problem, so then they reshot all of his scenes with Christopher Plummer. What's that movie called? Anyway, J.P. Getty was an oil baron and a miser. And that belonged to him. The house belonged to him or his family. And uh, what else was I saying about that? You can go to the Getty Museum now, and uh, it's free because that dude died. And his like daughter-in-law or granddaughter-in-law was like, I'm going to spend your money on good things now. Okay. Yeah, they shot it at the house and they're like, you can shoot it here, but you have to build us a pool. They didn't need a pool. They didn't have a pool. They need a pool for the movie. Like, can we build a pool here? And they're like, yes, you can build a pool for us. That's all. I think that's all they had to pay to shoot there. Anyway. Nice. So it was a crazy rich person's mansion already. Norma Desmond lives there. I, I here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was going to be like, I'm rich. I have all these fans. I've. That's what she's saying. But then I was like, she's actually going to be like really poor because the house is not well kept. She has one servant. Yeah. For a mansion that big, obviously she would have like an on-site maid. She would have a driver, you know, whatever. Right. She just has the one dude. 
she actually does have money. Oh, I yeah. was very surprised by that. Twist, I was like, biggest twist in the whole that, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, for me, it was for sure. I was like, oh, she isn't poor. She's like, oh, I've got oil. I've got land. I've got money. I've got, you know, yeah. all the assets. Which I'm diversified. It does. It seems like the reason she has money is because of Max. Mm hmm. Like he's done all that stuff. Like, all right, we're going to take this money and we're going to buy some oil fields. Right. We're going to buy some land. We're going to make sure you're still rich mm -hmm. when nobody cares. Oh, yeah. Back when they're making eighteen hundred a week with no tax. She has a million dollars. Oh, yeah. Million dollars in 1949 money. Could you imagine making eighteen hundred a week? It's inconceivable. I it's mean, I would be out here. I'd sleep on a pile of doubloons like a dragon. <laughs> That's where I would be. That's roughly double what we make. <laughs> Did the math real quick. <laughs> Almost twice our salary. All, all this is to say she has a Viking boat bed and it yeah. blew my mind and it made me rethink like what I what what I'd spend my money on. I was like, I can have that. I can have a bed where the frame is just a Viking boat. Yeah. And I sleep in it and there's a mattress and and, and everything like, around it can be sacked. It's in. like a grown, you know, boys have race car beds. Men have Viking boat beds. Yeah. I was, I have I I must find this bed. If you know where it is, you tweet me at opinion havers and you name your price. Yeah. I'll take out a loan. I need it. Cody, My only problem with the Viking bed is that it's like a full-size mattress. I'm like your Viking boat can't fit a queen or a king? Cody, look, you're getting that Viking boat bed. You and Bailey got different bedrooms. <laughs> She's not sleeping in that bed with you. You've moved on to another phase of life. All right, here's what I have. I have a compromise. Okay. We can both sleep in the Viking boat bed. Except now it's a Viking boat bunk bed. Boom. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm not the one sleeping. I don't know if she'd be about it. Top bunk called it. Bottom bunk's just a drawer, like one of those. What like what are they called? Storage bed. Credenza. Catamaran. <laughs> not, not none of the things you're saying. That was close though. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those. It's like a, when you had a your little kid, you got bed. Got a drawer bed in the bed, and then you bust out the drawer bed. Oh, trundle bed. Trundle bed. Yeah. And every so often, you close that drawer with a kid in it. <laughs> and it's a fun time for everybody. I Yeah. A friend of mine had a bunk bed, trundle bed. So he had three beds rocking, three. rocking in his bed, up to three beds in his bedroom. That's the height of luxury as a child. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. You could have two friends over for a sleepover, and you each get a bed. Yeah. I just had a big bed. I just had like a queen size mattress. Had a big bed. I I didn't have a queen mattress until I was a grown man on my own, graduated from college with a big boy job. I didn't have a twin size bed until I was a grown man going to college. Wow. And look, here we are. Here we are. You have a, a queen size bed. Oh yeah. And I've got a queen size bed. Mm-hmm. Here's what we need to do. Did your bed come in a box? No. My old one did. 
My last bed did, not my current bed. Don't look down on me. Don't look down on me. Don't think you're you're not better than me. <laughs> Mine came in a box. I had to inflate my bed. I don't understand. <laughs> look, if you had the Viking boat bed, you would understand. But you I, don't. I will. Will you? Yeah. When you're old crazy lady? Yeah. No, seriously, the first like 10 minutes of Norman Desmond, I was like, man, this would be you. Like, <laughs> if I died and you were left with a bunch of money, this would be exactly who you were. What, how would she respond? Because Tiffany did not respond well to I me saying she that. Were very, she was very flattered. Oh, this Tiffany is also was before offended. she, you know, went super crazy. Oh, this is when she was just eccentric. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't rule out the crazy thing either. So here's the thing about the fan mail. OK, she gets letters every day from her fans and she signs pictures and send it to him. I called the twist. I don't know if you knew it. Did you know it? I thought that they were going to be letters that she had already responded to and he was just like giving them to her again or something like that which might be what he was doing but the thing is max was writing the letters and sending to to her yeah i called it i was like max writes all those i was right i did a very good job talk about the twist of the century really was when max was like i'm the one that discovered her and he's like you discovered her he's like yeah there was three directors doing stuff back then, and I was the best one. And I yeah. was like, you know what? I feel bad. I found this girl. Now our life's ruined. I'm going to make sure she's good. Well, no, that is, that wasn't even the big, twi- big he, twist. He was, he was the first husband. Yeah. <laughs> he was the big director that discovered her. He was her first husband. He lost both of those jobs over the years, and now he is well, her no, he said he's, he's like, I gave them up. He's like, I could have gone back. I just don't understand... Max is whipped beyond all belief. You get divorced and you're like, I will be your stay at home husband still just as a butler. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. He loves her, but she he was not pretty enough for her. He killed the other two husbands. That's what you need to know. Yeah. Was the I, monkey the third husband? <laughs> <laughs> Who was the second husband then? That's what I want to know. James Bond. Wow. Oh, Ian Fleming. Yes. So. Yeah, so the whole thing is Norma Desmond is crazy. She's like, I've been writing a picture. I've been writing a movie picture and whatever. Joe is a writer, so she hires Joe to put it as a screenplay, to type it all up and do all the things. Yeah. And he's like, this is a crazy person's writings, but uh, I like the money. So he sticks around. Here's the thing. I couldn't do it. I could spend, if I were him, I would last a weekend. Two days, two and a half days stops. And then I'd be like, I can't. I don't care how much you're going to pay me, how much money you're going to give me. I can't be in the company of just like a crazy person. I need my freedom. I, you could bring me the finest foods, the finest ale, the finest mead, uh, caviar, elephant hooves, you know? And I, yeah. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, I, this party sucks. <laughs> I'm going home. What could you be bought? Well, you know, what if I also add on to your scenario a crazy German butler that looks like he'll murder you if you try to leave? <laughs> I think that's that. I would last a day and a half. 
Friday night and a Saturday. I'd be gone by Sunday morning. But you did get the room above the gay garage. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the gay garage. All right, I'm back in. <laughs> you got me with the gay garage. So that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Here's the thing. The way Max acted, I'm almost like, did Max pop this guy's tire somehow? Like, did he go out there and throw nails on the road just to get somebody to pull in there? Yeah. Because I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess Joe was in a desperate situation, like he owed people money. and. But so Max he, almost acts like he's like, yeah, you did pull into this house is part of my plan. And right. I'm like, at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, Max couldn't have done that. And by the end of the movie, I'm like, Max planned all of this. Yeah. From yeah. the first moment Joe was born until now. I really wouldn't put anything past Max. You're right. Max is a super villain that has devoted his life to maintaining the facade that one person is still kind of is still wealthy and famous. And yeah, she's still wealthy, but still famous. Right. So so we got Joe. He's in this rough spot. He goes to he leaves New Year's Eve, goes to a party with normal people in his tuxedo and his camel hair coat. Mm -hmm. And. Or did he get the nicer one? No, he stayed with the camel hair. While the lady's paying, that guy was too close to his face. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was begging to go into the gay rush. He was yeah. ready. I'd be like... He had some wiggles. I'd be like, back up, Jack. Uh-huh. You are... I could feel the moisture from your breath on my mm -hmm. face. Yeah. He, he goes to the party. He's got some writer friends there. Here, There's one thing I got out of the party. And it is that our society is worse because we don't have punch bowls with crystal cups that you dunk in to get your punch. Yeah. I understand that the punch is going to dribble everywhere. Oh, yeah. But I just loved it. It would look so classy. It was beautiful. They're out here dissolving cough drops, drops in grape juice for some reason. Why? Okay. It's no, look. Everybody's doing it. There's nothing different about that. <clears throat> People are cutting cough syrup with Sprite and vodka and whatever else. Like, that's what all the, the rappers are doing. You got your, what's it, what's the cough syrup called they use? They make a little cocktail with it. Diamond tap? No. It's a, it's a common one. People mix cough syrup with liquor and stuff. They do it. Yeah, but not what I'm saying is not not people that are not doing drugs. Uh-huh. Look, Cody, I never did this weird stuff. I mixed Adderall and liquor. All right. That's what normal people do. That's what sane people do. You pop an Adderall, you, <laughs> then you can chug enormous amounts of liquor, and then the Adderall wears off and you think you're going to die. Okay. <laughs> this is what normal people do. Not doing this crazy stuff where you're mixing cough syrup. Mm -hmm. You got to, here's what you do you don't want to mix two downers, you got to mix uppers and downers so they cancel each other out. <laughs> That's when you smart people do. That's, that's math right there. That's why you do Jaeger bombs, four locos, and mix uh, stimulants and liquor. That's where to go. Four loco knew what they were doing. I'll tell you what, nothing has ever hit me harder when it comes to alcohol than a four loco. Don't, <laughs> if any of you kids out there thinking, 
I'll try one. Don't. Just don't. It's not worth it. It'll hit you like a freight train from hell. All right. It's the most <laughs> intense drunk I've ever been in my entire life. It's largely the reason I stopped drinking. Was chugging oh, an entire God. four loco. It'll either kill you or it'll make you sober. Yes. <laughs> it'll be the best night of your life, but you won't remember it. All right. Uh, when does when does Joe take his shirt off? I'm trying to remember. Does he do a swim? Yeah, he's at the pool. He do he does a swim. Yeah. I was not ready for him to be built. He's like <laughs> 60s James Bond, hairy chested, like yeah, he was like, there. Like not like modern day, oh, I've spent six months and I only eat almonds and chicken breast. It was like, no, he's like dad man body built old timey strong. I liked it. Yeah. Made me happy. He it was I would put him happy. even as like a halfway between he's definitely on the like the normal not like not a superhero modern day but like normal kind of guy shirtless modern day yeah because you know it's you know back then you'd get like what's his face who is roger moore taking his shirt off like i'm jacked and it's like roger you are not (laughs) you are 85 years old yeah and you need to get a checkup all right like there's something (laughs) wrong with your body here there's growths and it's weird and you know that he's not he's not there he's above mm-hmm. that oh yeah he definitely is so okay, we got him shirtless we talked about the hollywood shop talk i mentioned a little bit about all the pop culture references how many what percentage would you say you've absorbed pop culture references oh i mean cody i absorb every ounce of every movie we watch you can Stop. name any scene from any no. movie i could recite it from memory <laughs> I'm saying I understood about 50% of the pop culture. I was like half and half. I was like, all right, I know some of these. I know those words. Were you were you there or were you just like, they're just making stuff up? Was it just like the Cimmerillion? Like what know? kind of stuff? I They just reference a lot of movies and actors and directors and I I was plays. fairly certain when they were like the greats, like. The, anytime they said an actor or director, I was like, those are fake names. It was like a are 1930s baseball lineup where you're like, I don't know who these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. JJ yeah. McGillicuddy. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> you made that up. Are those all real people? I figured they're just making names up. I mean, I made up JJ McGillicuddy. Yeah. But there were, like I said, I was 50 50. I knew some of the things they were talking about. And some of them, I was like, I don't even, I don't know. It's so funny because it, I forget how old Hollywood is. Because for oh, me, yeah. Movies started like in the 50s and 60s. I've seen so few of the 30s and 40s ones. The movies have been going since the 20s. I mean, really the teens, you know, the oh, aughts or whatever you'd call the them. Aughts code. Um, oh, the aughts. But, you know, Hollywood, I feel like proper really began like 20s and then yeah. 30s. Um, so, you know, so this is really based on like, oh, the silent era and then talkies and we're moving into the color era. And that's like what they're dealing with. You know, they're in, is it the silver age, the golden age, silver age? That's all happened and it's happening. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I've seen so few of those movies. I've seen The Wizard of Oz, seen Snow White. Yeah. I've seen this. (laughs) I've seen Casablanca. And I saw that Tale of Two Cities. I feel like those are all the movies from those decades I've seen. Tale of Two Cities is probably the oldest movie you'll ever see. That movie, I'm always kind of shocked that it's not a silent film because it's like right when they started. Cusp. Yeah. Like it was cool that it wasn't a silent film. Yeah. For sure. 
Uh, here's the last piece of this movie, right? Tell you me. got the pop culture. You got the Hollywood shop talk. You got the mid-Atlantic accent, okay? Yeah. That old school Norma Desmond, gay Raj kind of talking. It's that thing that like 20 people had for movies and has existed as old timey speak since. Like when someone's like, what, what do the 30s and 40s sound like? And they talk like Norma Desmond talks. Yeah. And uh, give me, I, give me I a taste. It. Give it to me. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille, you know? Yeah. The greatest director we've ever seen. And I was the biggest star. It's one of those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of ahs and ha's and ahs. It's and sort of like oh. vowels, long vowels that don't exist <laughs> in the English language, except you have the mid-Atlantic accent. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Yas. It was great. I just held on to every word she said. Yeah. But she was crazy. But I, it, here's what's interesting about it. Was she any more crazy than anybody else in Hollywood, though, Cody? Oh, 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 don't get me started on the kooks over in Hollywood. You're Here, from I Hollywood. I got some Cody. wacky ideas over there. Yeah. Okay. So the actress's name is Gloria Swanson, and she basically is Norma Desmond in real life. <laughs> yeah. Except that, so she was a huge movie star for quite a while. I don't know if she was silent film or not. But earlier she was she was like a huge movie star. She was the top producing star of Paramount Pictures for six years running. Yeah. And now she's a little older. She was like, all right, I don't know if it was talkies or not, but she was like, all right, I'm not doing the Hollywood thing anymore. I can see I'm kind of on my way out. I'm going to move to New York. I can do radio stuff. I can do other things. So she moved in some other mediums, but still like stayed around mm-hmm. doing stuff. And so when the movie the opportunity of the movie came, she was like, well, that's interesting. She wasn't sure about it. I forget someone, one of her friends was like, she was kind of upset. She like wanted just the offer to do it. You know how, like if you're big, if you're a big actor, your offer only. Yeah. You don't have to audition for anything. It's just, nope. If you want it from the movie, you tell me and if I want to do it, I'll show up. So she was like a little offended. I think that they didn't just offer it to her. And her friend was like, you go do the audition or I will kill you. <laughs> like, you had better go do it. It was obviously a great choice. She was really good. There were a couple yeah. of people they considered. Uh, she ended up being the person they went for, but she really fit the profile. It was like, oh, you were a huge star when you were younger. Um, great actress. You're not acting now. And so it was, it was interesting for her to kind of step back into the acting and movies thing. Yeah. Can, can I ask you a question about uh, something in her home, in her house, in the building? We already talked about the Viking bed, okay? No, this is more about more than the Viking bed. Yes. What the pictures, it? first off, there's a lot of them. Yeah. They were everywhere. Yeah. Ask the question. Ask okay. Question. When she's sitting there, she's lounging on her little lounge, chase lounger thing, you know? Mm-hmm. You know how she do? There is one above and to the left of her head. The rest of them, they're just headshots. This one, uh... It was interesting because if I can just if I can get your attention, if I could do the face for you. Yeah, I'm ready. It was her doing a face much like this. <laughs> oh, like a scary chipmunk face. <laughs> and it was just there. And it was it was probably the center of the scene for a very long time. And I was like, really? <laughs> the rest of these are normal, well I, shot. 
This one looks like they kind of like they kicked open the door of the bathroom and took a picture real fast. Let me ask you. Do you know this fact? I'm about to drop on you. No. Every photo in the house is a real photo of like a real media shot photo of Gloria Swanson from her heyday. Those are all real pictures used in various magazines and books and posters and whatever. So, yeah, I can't tell you who took that picture, but they took it like 20 years before this movie happened and is real. <laughs> that Does that make you happy? <laughs> it means Tiffany was right and I'm dumb. And <laughs> did you? OK, because she was like, I mean, they take photos like that because she said exactly what you just said. <laughs> Because she, you know, she's a theater person. She loves this era. She likes this. She wants to be this person, but she doesn't want to be the crazy person like this. Mm -hmm. But she wants to be as fabulous as this. Right. If we could have a home like hers. Yeah. She would. There's a couch at Nebraska Furniture Mart that looks like it belongs in this house. It's shockingly in the clearance section now because no one wanted it for $4,000. So it's only a thousand. And she's like. I mean, we can fold my desk away and put it in the office. And I was like, no. Uh-huh. Maybe one day. Yeah. It's a very fancy couch. And yeah. I was like, no. Mm-hmm. You see the couch I have. Yeah. We're recording in my home. Yeah. With the TV. The famous TV. <laughs> yeah. From and the TV slightly talk? less famous couch. <laughs> How does my recliner compare to your recliner? In your estimation. How does it? How does it work? How does it compare? I don't have a recliner. You mean my old, which yeah, one? Your old one. The, the black one, one I would sit in, yeah. The blackie? I don't know. <laughs> I it's mean, good. I haven't reclined yet. I like I like the way it sits. The only thing I liked better about my old one, my old one is a spreader. It's the kind of thing where you can kind of just melt over the side of it and put your leg up on the side. It's one of those. Which I kind of like, and I feel like this one's less of a spreader. But is that More also just because the the arms are less broken? Because you got yours like use use. Well, mine something? was flatter. This one you have a little bit bigger arms, which is nice because your arms get more support if you if you Cut. like that. So I don't. It's hard to say. Yeah, but I like the spreader. But I mean, this is a nicer chair. I mean, considering you got yours used for, did you get it from somebody or did you just get it from from a dude? From a dude. I mean, I think it's safe to say I spent more on mine than yours, so yeah, it should definitely. be nicer, but I just wanted to know how you felt about it. I like it. I see you rocking. Yeah. And it's like good it. stuff. It is a good good for rocking. Oh, yeah. Got that good balance. It's a good height. I approve. Good. I think Taylor Swift owes everyone in this movie an apology. Because she never disclosed to us that she stole the swag, okay? We all know the Taylor Swift song I'm talking about. Let's just say it on three. One, two, three. Twenty-two. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't know any Taylor Swift songs. I don't know. Name the first Taylor. No, do it. Name a Taylor Swift song. I know 22 because Tiffany plays no. it a lot ever you? since her 22nd birthday. Name another one. Do it. Uh, bad Blood. I know Good that one. Yes. Yeah, because that one... Got it was directed by a famous person, right? No, no, the music video. Spike Jones, maybe is that the only one who does music videos anymore? I mean, I Guy Ritchie does music videos too. Yeah, mm, yeah. I no, those are movies. 
No, that's Aladdin. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Norman Desmond's like, ah, 22, what an age to be. And I was like, Taylor Swift stole it. Like, I just, I feel it. That's a great song. 22 is the best age. And it's Taylor Swift's fault because when you, someone asks, you can sing the song, you can sing it. You don't have to say, you can sing the word 22 in the sentence of when someone asks how old you are. And it's special. It's a special time in your life. Yeah. For that reason and no other reason at all. Exactly. Looking up who directed Bad Blood. There's a lot of who is a Bad Blood about. Oh, it's probably what? Jake Gyllenhaal or uh, which one was it? No, it's a girl. I remember. It's another, it's another female. Oh. We'll find out one day. All right. You All work right, on fine. that. I'll look it up. Now, you work on the director. I'll do the other part. Oh, okay. Who directed J- uh, Z- Zack Snyder? Zack Snyder did that? No, because it completed who directed Justice League. Stop. Swift wrote Bad Blood about an undisclosed female musician. Beyonce. Well, that's stupid. Joseph Kahn. Some people say it's about Katy Perry. Oh, okay. Which doesn't make any sense. Cody, look, we're not here to make sense. We're here to talk about Sunset Boulevard and how Taylor Swift owes Norma Desmond a billion dollars. That's what I'm saying. So... Here's the B plot of the movie we never even talked about. Man. There's a lady friend <gasps> in this movie. I said there was love. A love story. Her name is. Norm. It's not Norma. Norma. No. Norma. Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> okay. Nancy Olsen played by Betty Schaefer. Um. How'd you, how'd you how'd you like their chemistry so she's an aspiring writer she works in the industry her her boyfriend fiance lover mm-hmm. is a friend of joe's although she's not afraid to make eyes at joe the entire movie in front of his face and that's fine how'd yeah. it go for you did you i think the turn they took in the bathroom was sudden <laughs> and shocking it was like, so i hate you I don't want to find I'll talk shop with you. Let's make out. Leave your boyfriend. Who's my <laughs> best so friend. Because The boyfriend was like, all right, don't you two go fall in love. I'm still here. And they're like, we won't. <laughs> 20 cut 20 seconds later. They're like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. He's yeah, like, they I weren't even you. in the garage. I he's like, I would never do anything with you. And then it's like the second they entered that bathroom, he's like, so we're going to bang or what? <laughs> I know this bathroom doesn't have a door and the shower doesn't have a curtain, but let's do this. Yeah. Let's make this happen. Oh, man. Yeah, it was all too much. But here's what I liked about their relationship, because they they had the worst shop talk of all, where you're just like, you guys are doing too much. You guys are. This is far too much. You guys are both. It's one of those things where you watch two people shamelessly flirt because they found the weird dorky thing they were both into. Oh, and yeah. you're like, this is nice for you, but I hate watching it. It was one of those where they were both like, oh, let's all speak in a mid-Atlantic accent and pretend like we're in a film noir and we're taking jabs and flirting with each other. And they did that whole thing for the whole movie. Yeah. I was happy for them, but also it's terrible because 
Joe was either married to or betrothed to Norma Desmond? Question mark or Max? I don't know how that works. And Nancy he's has a, a, fian- a soon-to-be fiance. Yeah, he's just her boy toy, you know. Yeah, he's in the husband suite, but he's not. He's just there, you know. Here's mm-hmm. the thing, though: Did he bang this old lady? Does he <laughs> service this woman? Uh. Answer yes or no, no sir. Uh, no, he did not. She wants it though. Separate bedrooms. I don't think she knows how. <laughs> she knows. She's got Max. So does Max service her? That's. <laughs> I would say yes. Definitely. He. That's the weird thing about this. Basically, Joe's there working professionally. Norman Desmond just like more and more gets closer to him, grabs his arm, does whatever, buys him nice things, wants him to stick around. I mean, she's basically just like your husband number four, but we're not going to get married, I guess. I don't know. It was it was a weird partnership. Here's my question. Yeah. Did you at any point when she was being super into Joe and Joe was kind of like, oh, gosh, did you at any point? Look at or say anything to Bailey that made her think you were saying, that's like us. Because <laughs> I turned to Tiffany and I said, that's like us. <laughs> and she's like, what? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it back. when you've been married as long as me, you know not to make the comment. I mean, I've been married longer than you. No, so as I- long as me. Oh. You pass the point. I pass the point. <laughs> if now you I watched can. this movie three months ago, it yeah. would have been perfect. The timing would have been perfect. Cody, once you're married as long as I have, you're comfortable making those kinds <laughs> of comments. Uh, no, I, I didn't make that. But, you know, we've all been there. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I did describe it as it'd be like me and my wife if she if I was like. Two notches less into her, like just like, uh, you know, like. Right. You know, like you see those couples where you're like, you can tell one of them's not that into the other one, but one of them is like obsessed. Where it's either the beginning and one person's not sure the other person's all in, or it's like right before the end. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, like oh, what you and uh, you doesn't and, know what's about to go down. Like when you and you started dating and she's like, so we're going to get married? And you're like, let's uh, have a second date first. Who? You and your wife. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Sure. That was my response yeah. to that. You yeah. Know? Look at us. We both got married. I just beat you by three months. You did. You won. Yeah. I'm a winner. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I did like the little B plot thing with them. And yeah. it, it was just sad. What was sad about it with Joe and Nancy was that they could have been so good for one another if Joe was five years younger. Or if Nancy wasn't with What's-Her-Face. Or if Norma Desmond wasn't in the picture. And so it's just sad where you're like, oh, it could have been so great and everyone could have been happy. And but instead, was, was their age also wrong. difference a big deal? Because it felt like he was the same age as his friend, right? I think he's probably a couple years old. The, the friends seem younger than him. Yeah. But like they went back a ways. I think for that time, that wasn't a weird age difference at all. I think for these days, it might be a little more weird, but it wasn't like a huge barrier. I just think he was, you know, here's what I think. You know, all these guys out here just makes me sick. You know, they're doing these like you got like a 22 year old girl and some like old 
Bart, who's like 26, 27. <laughs> you know? Get out of here. I'm just really just... Why are uh, you just calling me out? I was specifically saying my age. You have Why a larger age gap, I think. Do you no, have a bigger... We, I no. Think we've talked about this. I think we have the exact same yeah. age gap. I think Bailey's two years older than Tiffany, and I'm two years older than you. Right? Yeah, so, so we I do. Yeah, we do have the two. I think it's right age. about the same. Is it four years for you? I think, yeah, it's like four and a half, so sometimes I'll say five. Ours yeah. is four. Yeah. Look. Look when at your age gap is as big as mine. You'll understand. <laughs> we're out here robbing the cradle, Cody. <laughs> Some might say we're robbing the cradle. I say they're robbing the grave, Cody. That's oh. what I say. Oh, yeah. And then I, we're not you're long. right. Yeah. All right. So I'm just doing a little a little math wizardry. William Holden was 30 and two years old when this movie was shot. 32. Can you remember that number? Yep. Three plus two equals 32. So there's a, Same in real life, there's a 10 year age gap. Nancy Olsen was 28 at the time. Or 22. Math is hard is what you don't know. Maybe she <laughs> was even younger. Hold on. She's 22? 22. Yeah. There you <laughs> so a 10 year age gap. We've all been there, right? Right. No, because that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> You are not old enough for that age gap to work. <laughs> no, I mean, no. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to put this one in the can. It was when I was 18. Have to put this one in Wait, the can. No. <laughs> Wait three years and then we'll release it. <laughs> now, we just, now we're just in trouble. We'll pull out the pull out the Romeo and Juliet card, just like in Transformers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a loophole I keep in my pocket. The statute <laughs> says I can date This minors. is legal. Yeah. Legally, I can date your daughter, specifically in this state. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I came to America? <laughs> oh. oh, man. So it was, it was just a bummer, you know? Nancy and, and Greg, Joe, <laughs> Nancy and Joe, they kiss, and, they, and he just, he has to take her home and be like, look, I'm here, here's Norma Desmond's house, you get what's going on. Get out of here. I really liked the way he did it. It was very cold, yeah. but it was like tough love. It's like, look, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have got you involved. You go and be happy. I'll never be happy because I like money too much <laughs> to let yeah. myself be happy. So you got to go. It was very, it had a lot of, was an old yeller? Get out of here. Nobody yeah. wants you yeah. vibes. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, it was a very mature thing of it. It wasn't very mature of him to sneak off and write the movie with her because I was just begging for trouble. But, you know, he did the right thing in the end, which was get shot by his wife. It was not his wife. Not his wife. But also, OK, now, since you brought it up. That was not a revolver. She's like, I bought a revolver. Oh, my goodness. I thought the I exact it. same thing. She's like, I have a revolver. And then she shows up she's like. Pistol. Like yeah. Just normal old. It's like that's a James Bond pistol. pistol. The, also, I'm pretty sure Walter it's a PPK. Pretty sure it's a different pistol later in the scene. Yeah. Which I'm like, what? That was probably. I mean, that was back in the day where that was probably a real gun. And oh yeah. It's like, hopefully there's not real bullets in it nowadays. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's why Hollywood's gotten worse. You know, you can have <laughs> your own opinions about guns and stuff, but this is the thing. I've heard so many stories of them shooting movies or videos or something. Somebody's like, all right, we're going to have a gun and it's going to fire two bullets. And people are like, I'm not working on this film. I don't feel safe. And it's like, OK. 
Your roommate has a gun under his pillow, probably, dude. Chill out. All right, chill out. You know, calm the F down. Mm -hmm. These people out here, this guy probably actually got shot for this role, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're out here buying revolvers and then showing Walter PPKs, right? <laughs> yeah. They stole that from the set of James Bond. <laughs> yeah. They stole that from Ian Fleming's house because he was married to Gloria Swanson, probably. Yeah. Or Norma Desmond, whichever one. So, she... Also, Max is a bad suicide watch guy. He's like, we took all the locks off for, because the doctor said she tried, she's going to try she to kill herself. And then she's like, I bought her revolver. Okay, <laughs> Max drives you everywhere. How did you get a gun? Max has took the locks off the doors so you oh, can't yeah. kill yourself. But he lets you buy a gun. He's a bad fake husband butler. <laughs> he is bad. But also, he's got to spend, what, four hours a day writing fan mail? He doesn't have the time. How does she get out of the house without him? She doesn't know how to drive. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I just know it does. She out here like Cruella DeVille. She's got a house that big. big, You don't. You're telling me there isn't a gun hidden somewhere. I mean, there's probably guns. She's had three husbands. Max is a maniac. There's Look, a gun in that house somewhere. Max has the kind of bed. Have you seen those bed frames where you push back on it and the rifle falls in your hand? He's got one of those. He's yeah. ready to go. He's ready to put this lady down when she comes for him eventually. <laughs> as soon as that leg breaks, boom. Got her. Yeah. Okay. So Norma Desmond, she's mad. Joe's like, I'm packing my bags. I'm leaving. I'm getting yeah. on out of here. Norma's like, I'll buy you anything you want. I'll do, you know, you just stay. What is it? Whatever it takes. He's like, I'm going to go. She shoots him. Bang, bang. He falls into the pool. Full circle. Now, here's the thing. The detectives show up, okay? And they're asking all the questions. And they're doing, I would say, far too much. They're doing the most. They're like, did you shoot him because you were upset about the laundry? Did you perhaps ride into town and buy a gun yesterday? Did you do, you know, they just kept asking more and more questions. They were like, do you like Wildberry Pop-Tarts? Like, was it possibly because you took the wrong medication? And they just keep asking questions, like not letting her speak at all. It's like, they're all taking turns, just firing away. I'm like, this is not how detective work works. Someone didn't answer your first question. You don't ask seven more. Yeah. Or you do. <laughs> also, why... Why did they let the one weird old timey sounding reporter <laughs> in when I they kept all the others up? No. Take this. Don't even rewrite it. Just take it to it down. The sun rises over the meadow. <laughs> the meadow mouse. It's like, I, I would, who, who let her up here? <laughs> Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. She is seven feet from a murderer. <laughs> calling the news the news station oh, yeah. about this murder get her out of here i did i did like uh the big scene at the end is where she's like all right mr uh, you know mr demille i'm ready for my close-up whatever she does the scene uh max gives her sort of the direction they're like this is the best way to get out of the house i guess so she descends the staircase does the thing to take her away and she look she looks right into the camera she's got her crazy face the tortured star. I like that they broke the fourth wall. That was another thing where you're like, oh, they're doing the pop culture references. They're foreshadowing the beginning from the end. They're breaking the fourth wall. They're looking right at the audience. 
as she talks right to the audience. I thought that part was really cool. Yeah. I think maybe this is another one of those movies. Like, I think the back half is really strong. And the first half was like good. But I think as a whole, it didn't it didn't come off super strong for me, but I did like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got some fun facts for you. Give them to me. Uh, the movie quote. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. Voted number four <gasps> for uh, most memorable movie quotes. What? There's also another one like the rated number 20, but I forgot what it was. And that's fine because it's not in the top five. So we don't care about it. Oh, OK. Uh, I told you the director, Billy Wilder, just shoot a, like a normal monkey funeral scene. That's cool. So the director in the Cecil B. DeMille yeah. is the director. She goes and she's like, hey, you saw my screenplay. We're going to make the movie, blah, blah, blah. Does the whole thing. He's a real director. His name is Cecil B. DeMille. <gasps> so it's just a cameo that he does. Just nice. pretty cool. Would you like to guess his his fee for appearing, his payment? I would guess. Thirty five dollars and a monkey carcass. You're close. Ten thousand oh. dollars plus a brand new Cadillac. That mm. was his fee. They had to shoot a couple close ups as pickups later on. He was like, great. I would like another ten thousand dollars. <laughs> And he got it, which is fun. They were actually on a real movie set when they did it, too. That's the set of Samson and Delilah. So he oh. was actually making a movie. They're like, if we gave you $10,000 and a Cadillac, could we come and shoot like a two minute scene on the set? And he was like, all right, fair enough. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Told you about the really cool mirrors shot scene. Oh, it was real cool. Tiffany was uh, she felt, you know, the mirror when the when she was like putting herself back together, pulling her things off and she's like, I'm fine now. I just, can I come in the room before he's packing? Uh-huh. She was really critiquing that mirror. She's like, it needs less frame or more mirror. <laughs> OK, do you agree with that? Yes, because it was very it, at the angle was like six feet of frame. Yeah. And about four inches of mirror. It's mostly mirror. You're buying the mirror for the frame at that. When you got that kind of money. Yeah. You're really investing in a frame. You can put whatever you want in the frame. Could be a mirror. Could be a little painting. Could be a photograph of yourself making a chipmunk face. Could be a monkey. Could be a monkey. I get what you're saying. I get it. Yeah. This movie is ranked IMDb top 250. It's number 60. Oh. Which, I don't know. Classic movie. Love a token. But I could think of 60, you know, I could think of 60 plus movies I would I would put in my list of like greatest films of all time for me. For me. Yeah. For me. They get my juices going. But it's a good one. The Rotten Tomatoes is very strong. It's too strong. Would you want to guess it? Do you want me to just tell Isn't you? Isn't it 99%? 99 meter, 95 audience score. I mean, yeah, I think it's one of those kind of like Citizen Kane. Yeah. From what I've heard about Citizen Kane, I think this is probably better. Citizen Kane's not like, good. This really forwarded, advanced the the form, you know, yeah. informed a lot of things. Citizen Kane's a lot older, though, isn't it? Citizen Kane would be uh, 30s or early 40s. I, this is probably, Citizen Kane's like eight to 10 years before this, I would say. Why is this so bad nowadays? What? Why is it so bad then? Citizen Kane? 
Yeah. I don't know. It was uh, 1941. Did, did you hear about Citizen Kane? You look, I've heard that Citizen Kane is a movie that all the film students who haven't seen it, love it, go on IMDb, give it 100%. And everybody who sees it, it's like, that sucked. That's I what think, I've heard. I may have shared this, but it lost its 100% run on Tomatometer. <gasps> they found an old review from like back in the day when it came out that was never like aggregated. They're like, oh, we'll throw this in there. And it was a negative review. <laughs> so Ooh. it went from 100% to a 99% on Tomatometer. Isn't that crazy? So now there's one less 100% movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, there were only like 10 to begin with. We just lost one. Pour some out for Citizen Kane. Yeah. Pour it out on Orson Welles' grave and then spit on it. <laughs> That's basically what we're saying here. We're like, oh yeah, this guy 80 years ago didn't like your movie. I don't care how universally revered it is. I don't care that there's only like six perfect movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Screw you, Orson Welles. Look, so look, I don't know who did it. I don't know what enemy he made that cares 80 years later about ruining his legacy, but they did it. My favorite uh, like, reference to this that movie, movie has never had a bad review. We found <laughs> it's been 80 years. We found one and we put it on in the system. It's like yeah. the people that troll that whatever, you know, and they're when movies get released and people are like, let's spam with bad reviews and tank the score or whatever. It's like that. But the man is dead. And the yeah. movie is 80 years old. Look, they got integrity over at Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. My favorite reference to that movie is in, you know, we all know it. The classic film. Say it with me. Over Family the hedge. Guy. Oh, OK. <laughs> OK. There's a possum. He's playing dead. He's being real dramatic about his death scene. Yeah. And as he's falling the last time, he says, Rose Bud. And then he did. All right. Uh-huh. And that's my favorite reference. That is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just actually, I think he reenacts the entirety of one of the death scenes or something uh -huh. in that yeah. movie and then ends it with Rose Bud, which I love it. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. That's a good one. The dumbest place for that to be. Uh -huh. So good. Love it. Also, you ever want to be mad? Look up the voice cast for Over the Hedge and then watch a trailer for it. Because it's not a great movie. There's a lot of famous people in that voice oh, cast. Yeah. Steve Carell's in it. I know that. Yeah. This movie, nominated for 11 Oscars. Yeah. Won three. Oh, but not ready? four. What? Not four. Didn't the one before this win four? Didn't it say that in the trailer? What did we want? What? No, the go one ahead. For it, the one before. No, keep going. All right, it won best screenplay, best art direction, best music. Nominated for actor, actress, supporting role, for two people. I think it was Max and uh, Nancy. Yes. Best director, cinematography, film editing, and best picture. Right. So basically, all the awards, except for like what costume? I don't even know if costume was one back then. They had different categories. So it's an absolute clap. People were very upset because it didn't. Did I? Oh, you because know, it didn't win Best Actress. People were really mad. It got snubbed, people thought, because it, it got edged out by someone else's performance. But nobody even cares who the other one was. Yeah. You know? Some... The other one probably sucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sunset Boulevard. I see it. 
I'm pulling up. Are the you telling me that I did my math wrong? Are you challenging my math? No, I'm just saying there in the trailer mentioned from the people that brought you. Oh, no. Look, Cody, when I mute it and it doesn't mute, it scares the crap out of me. Oh, all yeah. right. But it's muted now. So you, you watched see the trailer to this? Is that what you're telling me? Are you telling me you didn't? No. Who made the Lost Weekend? Oh, winner of four Academy four Awards. Four Academy Awards, you fool. Oh, Billy trying. Wilder, you failed. You went from four Academy Awards to three Academy Awards? Quit what your a, career. What a loser. Something I don't know. like it hot never should have been made. Neither Sabrina nor the other one. Oh, there's that lady. Yeah, I know. I thought she was going to be a big How's she money. in the trailer? She's gonna, I thought she was going to be a much bigger she's part. She's in the movie for 30 seconds. This is the entirety of her scene right here. That's it. And then this is not in the movie. Not the printing stuff. It shows Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond. She died, but she didn't die. He died. She didn't. He, there he is. He's typing. That's the beginning. It's at the start. Look, there's a lot of smoking. Oh, there's the punch bowl. I miss it. Oh, he, he's about to betray his best friend. Oh, yeah. There they are. Oh, there they are. Is that the scene? That's the kiss scene. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, look at her. She's. This is when they're saying, and up and come on, this person. Introducing. In, in, <laughs> I don't. Did you watch the trailer? No. It's that voice. That's I mean, the I can do the trailer right now. It's like, in the greatest role ever, it's Norman <laughs> Desmond. Cecil B. DeMille appears. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> Coffee is made. Uh, they here's the thing. That's a wall. They might actually say that. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. Couches are reclined upon. Betrayals are had. Yeah. And she does the slap, and it's a good time. I cannot believe you didn't watch the trailer for this. Cover. William Holden as Joe Gillis. Gloria Swanson as Norma Desmond. Exactly what they say. <laughs> I can do this all day. Word for word. Oh, the stupid cigarette holder. Love it. It's like a ring on your finger that holds your cigarette for you. Oh, yeah. Love it. Watch it. Wait, here's a smack. So you're going to slap him. Slaces will be smacked. And slap. She really slapped that's him. That's a good one. Yeah, that's not a stage slap. There's no head turning. There's no cutting. Yeah, which I think it shocked him and he like didn't react in time. That's what good actors do. They're like, they practice the fake slap. And in the scene, they just get you. <laughs> that's how you yeah. do it. This is when they do. And up and come on, this person. And Bet Schaefer. Introducing herself as Nancy Olsen. There you go. I did it. Yeah. Uh, did she go on to do anything big? Because they really made it sound. This like was her biggest role, and this is when she was nominated for. But she's in Pollyanna. She's in Airport 1975. She's I didn't know about so the Pollyanna big. thing. Here's the thing. I showed Tiffany this trailer, and she's like, "I recognize her. She's in Pollyanna." Yeah. And I was like, Tiff Tiff "Here's the thing." Tiffany she did some other Disney ones. She did Absent-minded Professor. Tiffany's in the other room. Yeah. She knows this. She's not going to be, hopefully not going to be mad at me for saying this. Tiffany. She's an old lady and a young woman at the same time. <laughs> yeah. She has seen the same movies that my, my grandparents have seen. Mm -hmm. She loves them. Oh, look, there it is. Available from Paramount. Oh, Copyright Paramount. 2012. That means technically we're fine now, right? It hasn't been copyrighted since 2012, so we can steal this movie and sell it. Nah. Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. That's how it works? I mean, if you say it, I believe it. They call him a hack screenwriter. Yeah, he's a hack. I mean, he basically calls himself a hack, doesn't he, in the beginning? 
Yeah, but that's more because he's taking advantage of Norma. Sweet, sweet Norma. Oh, yeah. Norma didn't do anything to nobody except for the other two husbands she killed. Yeah, this is a horror movie, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you could... With like you could edit this existing movie into a seventy-minute horror film. Yeah, easy. That's true. I yeah, I liked it. I mean, her performance is great because in the beginning she's so fabulous and eccentric, and it just gets worse and worse. We're like, oh, oh, yep, nope, she's gonna do it. I think that's like I think it's earlier, but that's what people liked about the movie so much is they're like, oh, they tell you at the beginning this dude will die. Yeah. And then he's narrating the movie. She's like, here's how I did this. And I was going about and I had all these problems. And you're like, oh, no, he doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to happen to him. It's going to get done to him. How did he narrate it if he was dead? (sighs) That's what everyone. That's why it won so many Academy Awards. (laughs) So I don't know. I I can't say I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I'd I'd say if you like the black and white movie, because like I really like the Tale of Two Cities, you know, so I like this, but I think if you don't, if you've mm-hmm. tried to watch them before and you're like, Ugh, it's yeah. not going to be the if, one. If that you're interested your in mind. old noir and film history or anything like that. Sure. I don't I wouldn't say like to the average popcorn movie person, like, you know, what would really like tickle your giblets. Yeah. Oh. A movie with zero explosions um, and mid-Atlantic accents. So. Yeah. You get to experience the screensaver. Oh, fireworks. I mean, it's not fireworks. It's exploding dots. Yeah. But it's good. It's almost as good as Sunset Boulevard. Almost as good. I did like it. Watch it on a $2,000 OLED TV. Okay. It'll <laughs> really talk- enhance the experience. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. I was like watching it. And I was like, oh, this is old. I don't need. I don't need what I'm watching. It's not yeah. for it. I felt like. Full screen. I don't know how yours handled. I definitely feel like it just the night having the nicer TV made it easier to. I was like, this would be hard to make out without like the nice TV that can differentiate the blacks and whites. Yeah, that's a good point. Tiffany does want to have a uh, like a theater set up kind of like that in our house one day where you like pull up a painting and it's a screen. But she wants to just put like a TV behind it or something because we want to have a library in our house one day. Oh, that'd be cool. So that's something we now have forever. <laughs> as a goal so yeah you've got you've got your theater library painting hidden thing and i've got i got viking boat bed yeah i'd say i'm winning i mean we all took something from it one of us i mean i think it's more likely that i'll get my thing before you get your thing if i'm being real i will burn your library <laughs> to the ground if you get it before viking boat bed what if i get a viking boat bed in the library with the projector thing um, I mean, it's definitely going to be a stolen identity murder situation. <laughs> it's like, no, I am Tyler Bergstrom. Listen to my podcast. It's so cool how I do both the voices. <laughs> it's always been this way. Yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, letter grade. I just want to ask you letter grade. What would you get this movie? for this movie? Yeah. Um, I'd give it a C just plus. Like, okay. I'll one up. I'll give you a B minus. Mm, I would say like for the day, if I was watching this in 1950, I'd give it an A. Oh, yeah, I think. But uh, today and now. Uh, B minus. Worth a watch. Pinion Havers 2021. Yeah. Time stamped it. Boom. 
is there anything else to say did i miss anything i mean we definitely we definitely can't forget again to to pick the next of your films oh i'm so ready okay here hold on you vamp i wasn't ready no, 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 take your time. I'm ready, but I'm not ready. I'm, I'm excited to rework it, but there's some good ones. And I, I, the, the suspense is killing me. That's where I'm at. You'll be pleased to know Nancy Olsen is dead. She died in 2009. No, no, her pleased? spouse died in 2009. Hold up, maybe I said that wrong. You don't die when your spouse dies. You die when you die. Because said her marriage ended. Oh, no. She was born in 1928. Is she alive still? Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I think she's alive. Oh, no, you fool. So I brought it up on the TV, Cody. All right. Tell me about it. No, the the device. The device. Divine the film. Hmm. On the waterfront, keeping it OG. Did you know Marlon Brando was considered for the lead role of this one? But they were like, nobody knows who that man is. Then they couldn't get a well-known actor anyway, and they still went with the guy they had, which is fine. Yeah, but All not right. Marlon Brando. On the waterfront, this is like the definitive Marlon Brando film, except for The Godfather. Like before The Godfather, he was known for On the Waterfront. Oh. So we're here, we're going to do it. I'm so excited to learn more trivia facts about how crazy Marlon Brando is to work with. Yeah, and how he's supposed to do a thing, and then he's like, I didn't do that. <laughs> You're supposed to learn about water. Didn't, though. <laughs> That's what it's going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. We'll like, I've never seen water before. What are <laughs> we doing here? We'll do it. We'll do it together. Wow. Well, thank you for listening. You can share us with your friends, with your family, with your butler husband, yeah. whoever you please, wherever you find podcasts. Yeah. If you want to yell at me, you can do it on Twitter at Opinion Havers, on Instagram at Opinion Havers, or on Facebook at Opinion Havers. We're there. We're here. We have memes now, so we can't be stopped. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. Have you tried Trader Joe's White Corn restaurant style tortilla chips? No. They're superior to every other tortilla chip. Are they they're thicker. They're structurally sound. They're crunchier. And they're saltier. But what if I want thinner chips? Go to Chili's. So they're not superior to Chili's. Because when you're here, you're family. Ha, ha, ha.